<clears throat> well, hello everyone. My name's Darren Clarkson King. This is my podcast. I'm a whitewater kayaker. I spend vast amounts of my time in the Himalayas. And when I'm in Britain, I live in North Wales. I'm a Yorkshireman. Some of you might find me quite hard to understand, but I make no apologies for that. On this Today, on this podcast, I thought what we'd do is we'd talk about stuff that you can take with you on like a multi-day kayaking adventure. I'm not talking about the stuff we take on commercial trips with Pure Land Expeditions, because I'm not trying to flog trips with Pure Land. But if you guys have got any questions about anything, you can find purelandexpeditions.com and send me a message, or Pure Land Expeditions on Facebook. You can find Darren Clarkson King on Facebook and send me a message. I might not respond to you, but you can try it. Right, but at Pure Land, we take enough food and enough luxury to have tables and chairs and tablecloths and candles and wine and pizzas and roast dinners and Yorkshire puddings and fried breakfasts and all that sort of stuff. But then when I'm in my kayak and I'm in some deep dark gorge in the Himalayas, I don't take any of that stuff. What I take in the back of my boat is enough just to survive. I don't eat for pleasure on these trips, not all the time. Sometimes I just eat for sustenance. Sometimes I don't eat at all if I've misplanned uh, you know i've had a few episodes of misplanning where i've had no pan and i've had to live on a power bar for a couple of days but that's all right and it makes good stories and a good bit of class two fun class two it's not even class two is it? it's type two fun you know type one fun is like fun at the time and type two fun is when you tell your mates and they laugh and you feel like an idiot anyway what do i take i take porridge for breakfast i like always take porridge sometimes i do take eggs but i say always so yeah sometimes i take eggs and baked beans because <coughs> eggs and beans are great for breakfast especially if you have on day one because you can keep that tin out of your beans and use it like during the course of your trip and you can use it as a mug if you wanted but you do tend to burn your fingers a little so you take some food you take a pa- I take power bars for lunch maybe trail mix don't- don't take sandwiches because I don't want to put them in a Tupperware box in the back of my boat and, you know, they get squashed if they're just in a dry bag. And then an evening meal. What I do on an evening meal, I try where possible to have a two-course evening meal when I'm multi-day. The first meal I have <coughs> is soup, like noodle soup. I buy soup mix and I buy Maggie noodles or YY noodles. Which, both of those things have got MSG in. Which is brilliant, because it makes this stuff taste ace. I mean, it's probably carcinogenic, but it makes it all taste ace. So as I get out of my boat, the first thing I do, is I'm like, ankle deep in water, and I get my pan, and I fill it full of water. And then as I'm dragging my boat up the beach, I've got a pan full of water, means I can put my soup on while I'm getting changed. <coughs> Excuse me. So I have that. That's my first meal normally. And I get changed, but I don't get changed into clean clothes because I don't want to take extra clothes with me in my boat. I know some people do, but I'm a stinky old soul like a homeless Santa, so I just live in my thermals. Might put my down jacket on or Prima Loft jacket. And I'll have my soup. If I ain't got soup mix, I might have a cup of tea and some biscuits. And then you just look at the world and life's all happy. After an hour, an hour and a half, maybe two hours, who knows? I'll cook myself, you know, if I'm in India, it's going to be rice and dal and veggies and some spices in there. I'll cook myself a proper meal, if I've got the time. Now, if, you're cle- if I'm clever, 
which, you know, I'm a white water kayaker, so the chances of me being clever are really slim. And I looked at my map, and I'll work out where the village is, and I'll walk to the village, and I'll buy some cooked food off the village. And if they've got a bed available for the night, I'll sleep in a bed in the village. I've done that loads, quite like that. Backfires on you sometimes if you don't take food in your boat, and you end up walking to villages <coughs> and having no food, and your mate has no food neither, and you sleep on your deflating roll mat in a sleeping bag that's not warm enough before you put on a river where you've got absolute food poison ivory. But that's a different story, isn't it? I'm talking about food here. So I have that. I did a trip on the Humla Canale with some friends. And we had three course evening meals. Taking all fresh veggies, soup mix, chocolate fondue stuff for dessert, custard powder, apples. Maybe boats heavy on the portages. But it's luxury, isn't it? It's nice, isn't it? I know friends that take alcohol in the boats. And that's all right. <coughs> but if you're going to take all this food, stick it in a good dry bag. Don't whatever you do, just bang your food in the back of your boat thinking, you don't need to put it in a dry bag. And then you get to the takeout and your noodles have exploded and gone all soggy and all your food's battered around. And your eggs, well, if you just put your eggs in the back of your boat you don't deal with them properly, you're going to have scrambled eggs floating around the back of your boat and that's horrible, isn't it? So make sure these are all in good dry bags. Now, I thought I knew how to do this self-support paddling lark. But when I did the stikine, I actually learned how you do it properly. On the stikine, the lads I did the stikine with, some of these American lads, they had cream cheese and salmon bagels. They had steak and onions. That's awesome, isn't it? They were making little mini pizzas. That's brilliant on the stikine. Well, it's brilliant anyway. But it's just brilliant, it's awesome. So don't be scared of bagging extra food in your boat, especially if you're not taking a change of clothes. Having said that, I did a trip on the Zarab Zanskar with some German friends and on the last night, one of the lads went to the bathroom behind this rock and came back in a silk dressing gown, silk pyjamas and fluffy slippers. He'd carried them all the way down the river just so he could spend his last night in luxury. But don't be scared of just taking those extra bits. What else do I take? Somebody's asked me this in a message. What else do I take? I make sure that like I say, I've got my roll mat and my sleeping bag if I need that. I take a woolly hat. I take sunglasses. Make sure you've got sunglasses because you'd look way cooler in sunglasses than without sunglasses on. And if you're paddling really hard class 5, you've got to wear them. It stops your eyes falling out. Right, so you've got your sunglasses. In my buoyancy pocket, I tend to have flint and steel for fire lighting. I'll have my spot. I'll have a copy of my passport. If I'm paddling with peers, I'll have their contact details written in my pocket, my buoyancy aid. I won't have a phone in a bag. If I've got a phone on me, it's in my pocket, my buoyancy aid. Now, when it comes to these smartphones, we've all got them. Man's got a massive crack down the screen, which is making recording this podcast really difficult. But, you have a smartphone. Your smartphone's got a map on it, and I've seen loads of people relying on Google Maps. Right, well, that's rubbish. You want a paper map. Don't even have a sketch map off your mate. Get a proper map. Buy them. Buy a map. Have it, laminate it, carry that somewhere. You cut it out, make the sec you know, the section you want. Have one of them. You just have one in your group. And the thing with kayaking is, it's not like you're mountaineering, is it? Or hiking. None of that. If you start at the top of the river and you're going down, you don't really need to know your map, do you? Because it's not going downhill. I mean obviously you need to know what your contour lines are and places and all that. But you, you know navigation's pretty simple because you're going with the flow. Until it all goes wrong and you've got to climb out and then it's really handy to know where you are. 
but in my day, so in my day bag, I might have my jacket and my woolly hat. I might have some power bars. I actually paddled with a cricket set in the back of my boat once, so I could play cricket. Don't advise it, because uh, it takes up a lot of space. I knew somebody that paddled with a cart and the fags in the back of his boat. He had 200 fags in his boat. But again, it takes up a lot of space. So you just take what you can fit in. I've paddled with crutches in the back of my boat for people that have been on trips that walk on crutches. So just like I say, if it fits in your boat, you can take it, can't you? Now, if you are taking your phone, and this is even on day trips, if you take your phone, it needs to be in your buoyancy pocket. There's no point sticking it in your day bag. Because if you end up losing your boat, you've lost your phone. I mean, if your passport's in your day bag, you've lost that as well. If your wallet's in your day bag, you've lost that as well. I tend to put my wallet in my shorts pocket and I wear my shorts over my thermals and then in my dry suit. But don't put like, oh, super serious in your day bag because you swim, you're going to lose it. Last year, there was some guys that swam on the Fairy Glen. Fairy Glen's, you know, half an hour, hour max, I guess, if you take your time. If you take more than an hour and a half, then you don't need to be in there, do you? Locals are probably banging it out in seven minutes. There was somebody on the Fairy Glen last year who took a little swim. And I heard about this and a couple of boats were lost in the Glen. And I went in and got the boats. Which is, you know, perfectly fine. But when I dragged one of these boats out, I looked in the back and there was a dry bag in there. And now that was quite a good stroke of luck for me. Because when I was dragging these boats out, I'd fallen in the river. And I was actually not even chased to go paddling. I was just on the bank and I'd slipped and fallen in. And I was now, you know, in my birthday suit with a buoyancy aid on, dragging this boat out. And I looked in the back of the boat thinking, looks like there might be some dry clothes in that dry bag. At least I'll be warm and dry. But there wasn't. There was two pairs of socks. No good to me. But there was two pairs of socks, there was a power bar and a mobile phone. Mobile phone, in the boat. It was an iPhone, I could have put it on eBay, couldn't I? And the socks. So no good to me anyway, get the boat out. Got back to the car, got myself changed, put warm clothes on. Went out for a walk in the afternoon with this guy's boat on the roof. Thinking, I'll give the boat back to him in the afternoon. He's not local, it's alright, not a drama. Message him. And I get back to my house to find a note on the door of my house. Now, even my closest friends don't know where I live, really. And there's a note that said, I believe I've got, you've got my boat. And the guy had basically traced his phone on find my iPhone, realised I'd been home, and realised I'd gone out again and put a note on. And he said, I mean, I'm in the pub, come and find me. And he got his boat back. But don't be sticking your phone in your boat. Stick in your bonsai pocket. If you don't have a phone, a really good form of communication when your paddle is probably semaphore or smoke signals, that might work as well. I'm not a massive fan, like I say, of smartphones on the river. It takes up a lot of space in your buoyancy to start off with. And unless you're taking a load of selfies for the Instagram generation, it's probably pointless having one. I do have an old Nokia brick type phone that I can use. I quite like that. Make sure you've got network coverage. If you are taking your phone, partly having a phone in your pocket with no network coverage, that's a lot of bobbins, isn't it? 
That's it. That's what's in there. Oh yeah, rescue kit. You might want to take some of that. If you're going to take rescue kit in your boy's aid pocket, make sure you know how to use it. You know, what's, well, what's in your pocket? You've probably got a sling in there. I'm hoping you've got a sling in there. You might have a couple of carabiners. Don't be going for those wire gate things. Get some locking gate crabs. You want a whistle as well. Have one of those in there. Have a knife. You need one of them. You need to do a course. You need to be trained. You know, that's perfect, isn't it? That's what you want. You could have a bit of extra safety kit in your boat, you know. You could have a foil blanket, maybe a first aid kit, 100%. You need one of them. You might have a group shelter. That'd be ace. Spare paddles. Definitely want them. You know, everyone loses the paddles or breaks paddles. I had some paddles snap on me recently. Brand new set of paddles snapped in the shaft. Carbon splinters straight through my hand. Anyway, you need some split paddles. Stick them in the back of your boat. Make sure your split's like as good as your main set, really. Because if you've lost your main set or broken your main set, you don't want to have some cheap five quid ones from the local garage that you buy over dinghy. You know, you actually want some decent paddles. Years ago, I did what was called the sea proficiency. I don't know what it's called now. Some British qualification, don't know what it's called. But you know, you're getting your sea, you're getting your sea kayak, and you've got to paddle around a bit and do some wet exits and prove that you've got gear for a sea expedition, it's for sea adventure. Take fishing lines if you wanted to eat fish. Take a barbecue if you wanted to have like salmon on the barbie. That'd be good, that wouldn't it? And in the back of my boat, my spare clothes for that trip were my mum's tights and my dad's Pringle pure wool v-neck sweater, like a golf sweater. So, you know, something like Ronnie Corbett would wear, which sort of dates how old it is, because if you know who Ronnie Corbett is, he used to sit in a big chair and tell anecdotes. It's pretty similar to what I'm doing now. And then I think I had some woolly socks in there, a pair of flip-flops, a fleece hat, and some mittens. Anyway, we paddled around on this uh, award, you know, sea proficiency, whatever it's called. And when we got to the beach at the end, the examiner said, right, everyone, you've got to wear your spare clothes now and walk up to the car park. So I get changed out of my wetsuit and put on these tights with shorts over the top, my woolly socks and my flip-flops and my dad's woolly jumper and all that. Put my boat on my shoulder, put my boat back in, you know, back to the car park and put it on. And I'm like, well, that's quite embarrassing, isn't it? But, you know, I'm back at my car and I look like a drag queen that is... Way uglier than I should be, and I'm a little bit cold. And the examiner then said, Right, we're all going for a cup of tea, and you've got to go in your spare clothes. So I remember sitting in this cafe, I think it was in Flamborough Head, eating a cup of tea and having a little cake in these tights and this jumper. Well, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? I don't take that sort of stuff anymore. I've progressed, which is good. I mean, you can buy really cheap gear now, that's really good. So spare clothes anyway, you want, you want some of them at some point. I don't really wear spare clothes on expedition, I have a good dry suit. So I'm normally pretty warm when I take my dry suit off. Get it beside my sleeping bag. What else do you use? Like I say, good throw line. There's some throw lines on the market that you would never even want to hang washing on, let alone rescue you. If you're going to buy a throw line, spend the money, get a decent one. Don't get a cheap, rubbishy one. Get a good one. And again, know how to use it. Clean line principle, that's what you need. 
make sure you've got your rescue gear. If you're dropping into some deep dark gorge, do you need climbing gear? It's worth thinking about. How many slings or bits of tape do you need? Have a think about that. Do you need all that stuff or can you get away with like being a bit fast and loose? One of the reasons I solo is I'm a bit of a tight ass, and it saves me a load of money on safety kit. Because if you're soloing, you probably don't need a fur line. <laughs> now, I always have a fur line, of course I do. Of course I do. I mean, there's no one to throw it at me. But I've always got one between my legs. And I keep the fur line between my legs. I don't wear it on a belt around my waist. Because it really hurts if it's behind you and you do a booth and it gets trapped between the end of your cockpit room and the lower of your back. Like, it really hurts and you can do some serious damage to yourself. Sometimes if I'm wearing it around my waist, I might wear it with a deck, you know, the bag on the deck at the front. I might wear it under my deck as well. But it's rare. It's really rare that I do that. Footwear. Make sure you've got good footwear. Expedition. Really good footwear. If it's hot, like really hot, you might be tempted to wear sandals in your boat. Because if the water's warm and the sand's going to be warm, you don't know what, you know, you might not want to wear shoes. But always wear shoes. Always wear shoes because you never know when you're going to slip and hurt your feet. I always wear some shoes, good shoes. Not steel toe caps or wellies, don't want them. You want a good set of river shoes. But anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. I've just rattled really, Anna, but it's been nice. It's nice, you know. I've just rattled. Thanks for listening. I've really enjoyed talking to nobody and having a really random stream of consciousness chat to you about what to pack on these trips. If you want to know more, tune in. I'll talk more rubbish. If you want to ask me questions, you can find me at purelandexpeditions.com. You can find me at Pureland Expeditions on Facebook. And you can find Darren Clarkson King on Facebook and send me a message. Anyway, it's been nice talking to nobody. Have a great day, everyone.